Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. His concerns about the, the, the attacks and, and threats against him weren't being taken seriously, and he was stabbed, and he had a, you know, I think a fairly serious cut across his head. He was badly, badly beaten by, I think, and, and it was being put down to the Kinhin cartel trying to get revenge on him for whatever reason. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Hitman for hire Alan Wilson lashed out at prison officers during a shift change in the Midlands prison as he said he didn't recognise the new wardens, landing himself a transfer to the top security jail in the country. So how do officers cope and what do they do when dangerous criminals explode and attack them without warning? What are the protocols followed in prisons and how do staff deal with unruly inmates? Today, I'm talking with Eamon Dillon about troublesome prisoners behind bars. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. I don't know, I think it must be one of the hardest jobs in the world to be a prison officer and to be dealing with people who are just, first of all, you know, living in such unnatural circumstances. They're locked up, their movements are restricted. They're, it must be so high octane. And I'm sure every day somebody lashes out. Yeah, look at the, the the last Prison Officers Association general conference there earlier this year. I mean, they talked about the number of assaults who were up. I mean, part of that was, mm. I think, uh, the, the, the things were a bit quieter, believe it or not, during lockdown, um, during, during COVID. And so there was a bit of a surge again as more drugs got back into the prison. But yeah, I mean, like so, some of the guys that I've met over the years and women, um, you know, doing that job, like the ones who seem to last at it are very calm sort of characters. Like they don't rise quickly. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 
they're easygoing. I, I, you know, they come across as easygoing, but there's very much, it's, it's about, it's about respect. Mm. And I, I think, you know, in, again, no more than, you know, in the old days, it would have been very different. You know, there would have been, I guess, a, you know, a certain amount of institutional violence that would have been tolerated. Mm. Um, but nowadays it, it isn't, um, you know, and, and everything is on camera. And so, you know, prison officers, you know, you know, and they always did, the majority of them always did, you know, are, are playing by the rules. Um, and, and it's probably better for them as well as, yeah. as, as for the prisoners. But yeah, without a doubt, I mean, I mean, a lot of people are in prison because they have behavioral problems because they, they lash out and can't control their emotions. They're impulsive. And probably because they have, you know, some mental health problems, you know, there's no doubt about that, that they, some of them shouldn't be but the, maybe in the prison system. Any, any of the, any of the prison officers that you speak to will tell you that, that there's, there's so many people mm. that just, you know, really should be somewhere else and not in prison, yeah. which, you know, in, in some cases can bring its own issues that, you yeah. know, you, you might have people with mental health issues who ends up there and are introduced to harder drugs than they might have had access to before. So you can... Are put you know, in dangerous, you know, high-octane situations every day where they could be, you know, if they're argumentative, they could be, you know, in... in now, I know they try and keep people apart that have issues with each other and they try and keep like with like on certain wings and all the rest of it. But, um, like, Alan Wilson is a guy that um, I wouldn't like to be coming up close with on a daily basis. He is a very dangerous criminal, um, a hitman for hire and part of a family that, you know, had have had left their mark really on gangland when it comes to assassinations. Um, he's a cousin of John Wilson, Eric Lucky Wilson and Luke Wilson. Um, and he also is, he, he was acquitted in relation to the murder of the teenager Mariora Rostas, but he has been jailed because of a, a, a conspiracy to murder um, a rival of the Kinahan faction. He was working as a hitman for hire by the Kinahans. And he's known as a kind of a very strange, unusual character. He, he was called nicknamed the soldier because he, of the way he holds himself and carries himself. I've seen him myself up fairly close in in a in a courtroom and he's really strange really sort of a sinister small character but uh obviously has an ability to fly off the handle at any time yeah and <clears throat> i think you add to that that um you know he's very much a marked man in prison um and it's, it's something that he mentioned in the high court case when he was uh, looking to get a transfer out of mount joy where he felt he was at risk he was talking about how there was graffiti in the prison uh, you, you know that his concerns weren't being taken seriously, and, and he wanted to get to the Midlands prison. So that that was, I think, two or three years ago. So mm. just just last week, then we ran the story that he he was in the Midlands, um, and there had been you know a group of whatever prison officers on that particular landing, according to the information that we got. Um, and they were it would change over as part of the uh, I think a natural cycle. It was a, a different a different group were were were, were being kind of. Uh, I suppose assimilated in or whatever to take over duties and whatever part of the landing he was on. He was very much in a, he's not in isolation, but he's kind of kept away from a, a lot of other prisoners, you know, as much for their own sake as his sake. Um, and he didn't recognize, you know, the, he didn't like these strange new people coming in, you know, according to what I've been told and that he, he was very much, um, he, he just lashed out. And mm. so the, again, you know, so it's not, it's, it's far from the first time he's had quite a number of what they call P19s. At the prison officers. Yeah, you lash out at the prison officers. So, like, 
the, the, the plan then was, I think they were going to move him out then to the, the high security Port Leash prison, which is next door to the Midlands, but it is a separate prison. And obviously, you know, in, presumably he'll be in, you know, the A landing, which is where a lot of the gangland people are. But it, it, they're very much more controllable there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brand new um, prison wing. Um, <clears throat> that, that, you know, they're, they're, there's ways that they can, you know, they're, they're going to spend less time, you know, meeting other people. And, mm. you know, so sometimes it's as much to give the prisoner who is suffering a breakdown or whatever, it's to give them a break, mm. um, as well as, I suppose, staff as well, to give them a, them a chance. So what happens if a prisoner like Alice, Alan Wilson just loses it? And, and I mean, that has to be unexpected. They, they, you know what I mean? He obviously wasn't being the cell wasn't being searched or anything. It was a simple changeover of staff from one shift to the next and he just loses. How do they handle that and what do they do? I suppose it, it works in different ways. It depends on, uh, on uh, I suppose, the severity of the situation. Uh, I mean, if you have, like, uh, you know, at, at, at the, the, the highest end of the scale, like, you know, a control and restraint team is brought in, which is, you know, at the very minimum, I think it's 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 five officers in their protective gear, helmets and and one will carry a shield and it's basically to try and subdue the prisoner by, you know, pulling them up against the wall or the door or the floor or whatever. And then they're, they're carried out, or, you know, there's a, there's somebody holding their head to stop them, you know, hurting themselves, you know, banging their head off the wall. There's mm. a person on each leg. It's, it's called the Parlini method, I believe, after, you know, the, the notorious prison in Scotland where the violence is so bad, they had to come up with new ideas. You couldn't just have prisoners and prison officers fighting each other all day long because you know it was just you can't you can't nobody can live like that. Yeah. Um. So I mean that that's at the top end, and presumably in in those cases, then they'll be kind of they'll be they'll be left in you know a padded cell until such. Do point they have padded cells still? Yeah, they, of course yeah. they do. Yeah, and 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 they'll have kind of tear-free blankets, you know, so people can't kind of um, can't use something to turn into a ligature, so they could strangle themselves or whatever. Um, so that is still used. I mean, and they're used as much for observation. You know, again, it's 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 usually it's not necessarily you know you know seriously violent gangsters like mm. Alan Wilson. It's awfully you know really deeply troubled souls who are suffering you know amazing <laughs> levels of of mental anguish and, and breakdown self-harm. and who end up and who end up there. I was did a was up in Belfast working there a couple of weeks ago, and I popped into the the Crumlin Road Jail on my way down just to have a little look and a tour. I've been somewhere I've been meaning to go. They do a fantastic tour around it, actually, which is about You look quite minutes. happy on your, your pictures that yeah, you put up on Twitter. I yeah, yeah, but, um, be that happy to be I prison. actually find jails really interesting. Like the one down in Wicklow as well is very... Haunted, you know, the haunted Wicklow jail. Well, like Victorians were so tiny compared to us. Like we are just giant creatures compared to them. So like all the, like the, the, the doors are, you're not practically knocking your head going in. I'm not massively tall, but, you know, it's it's interesting to see the scale of everything that was built back then and, you know, to stand inside a cell and to try and imagine what it would be like um, to be in there. I mean, the the Crumlin Road Jail was open for more than 150 years. So you had the, you have the kind of the history of the Victorian times and um, they bring you all around and show you all that. And, and the women were brought put into prison. The, like kids were put into these prison cells and they were lashed and they were, you know, for any misdemeanor, they were fed on gruel. They How they survived is beyond me. There was obviously no heating in it. Um, and then that prison was used throughout the Troubles was only closed in 1996. So you have all the sort of the stories of the, the prisoners, the, the ones that were interned, and those then that were jailed later on, the famous escapes and how they happened and the, the various characters. So it's it's fascinating, like, 
um, sort of journey through history, but they bring you right back to when they used to hang people like for, you know, murder was the one that obviously the most serious crime. And they used to hang people at one point outside the jail and people would come from all over the countryside with their picnic blankets and their food and their drink and everything. And they would have this massive big party as someone was hung. And that's where the word hangover came from. The right. next day. No Netflix, I guess. You had to do something. <laughs> yeah, in true. Your spare you time. had to do something. And, and the likes of Mountjoy and Port Leash and Limerick are all from that era. The, and I'm sure, like, I mean, obviously there's still prisoners in them, so you can't get your tour around them. But Kilmainham is, is interesting um, It's it, as well. Like, I mean, it is obviously highly political and it's all about the story of Dublin and, and the fight and the rising and everything. But, they, yeah, they're just... The general day-to-day running of the prisons is fascinating. And in a way... Um, I got onto that because when you said about the padded cell, there is a padded cell in the Crumlin Road jail and you can look in it now. Um, it looks really comfy. It looks like a kind of a sort of a place that if you were a little you bit... Get one here for you. you know, like yeah, but if you could roll stressed. it around, it's like it's all it's like a cloud. But uh, obviously it's pretty horrific if you're in there with the door closed. And But it's spongy like it is what is exactly what you'd see on the, the television. And of course, they also have this system where they used to move prisoners, dangerous, volatile prisoners, um, you know, move them slower. So they would they sort of put them open one gate and then let them into this area, lock that gate and then open the next one. I'm sure there's a name for that when they're moving them around from one bar to the prison to the next, that they don't just walk them straight through. They sort of walk them in bits so they can't uh, so they're always locked in a cage, well, basically, keep, yeah, on their the, journey. I suppose to keep control, yeah, to, to keep someone in detention. Mm. So he will move now, and what does he go into isolation now because he's? Well, it, it'll depend. Like I mean, sometimes what they'll do is, is you know, they'll they'll transfer someone away for two or three months and then bring them back to the you know the prison where they're serving their lengthy um, mm. sentence, whatever, because they already might be involved in a an educational setup or whatever, or, you know, have supports or whatever it is that are, are needed there. And so, so, you know, governors, I guess, you know, have to balance their own resources. So if, you're, if you've got new prisoners and particularly a troublesome one, it's going to take up a lot more of your resources. So you're quite happy to give them back to where they came from. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is, I mean, there is a national violence reduction unit where, you know, there's been some particularly dangerous um, uh, in, inmates have been have gone and that's that's also part of kind of the same campus as part of the midlands campus and it would be very much senior prison officers and psychologists who would staff that and and you know and, and the whole point there is, is to try and is, is to understand the triggers that might set these guys off mm. and also to try and see if these guys can ever gain any kind of insight into what triggers them as well so there's all that kind of effort being put in yeah uh, to try and control the violence because mm-hmm. you know you can't just keep battering people like day in day no, out every I mean, time there's a every 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 time there's a flare up. So I mean there there is that kind of but that's you're only talking about five or six people at any yeah. one time in there. So I mean and uh, Alan Wilson isn't there. I mean and there's plenty of other people I'm sure in 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 the system who aren't too far off that mark. I mean Wilson's I, suing the prison service. Yeah, he, he was claiming that he he's uh, you know that his concerns about the, the, the attacks and, and threats against him weren't being taken seriously. And he was stabbed and he had a, you know, I think a fairly serious cut across his head. Mm. He was badly, badly beaten by, I think, and, and it was being put down to the Kinhin cartel trying to get revenge on him for whatever reason. 
But I mean, with someone like Wilson, you'd imagine he'd have so many enemies. It'd be really hard to figure out which one is exactly after him. But he was claiming that there was like a, there was 20,000 uh, bounty for him to be cut and 100,000 if he was killed. Did he give any explanation as to why? Because he had information about the, the Kinahan cartel? They thought he was going to be sharing that? or uh, Presumably, again, they, they, there must have been some issue there that, yeah. they, you know, th- th- there was some idea that he may have betrayed them or that he was going to blame for the failure. Look, they're very they fall in and out of these groups all the time, don't they? Particularly somebody like Wilson, who was essentially freelance. He wasn't really actually associated with the Kinahan cartel until he was caught yeah. working for them, taking their, but he would have taken a dollar from anybody. Yeah, and, and we saw that in the fact that, I mean, he, he's serving his eight-year sentence for for the, the plot against uh, Gary Hanley. Um, but in, in the midst of that, while he was under surveillance by the guards, he was boasting about his part in, in the player's lounge attack uh, mm. previously in 2010. And so he was sentenced for that previous crime after the, the Gary Hanley plot and got 10 years for that. So he's and he hoped to get that backdated so that he, he would have actually been out fairly soon or already. Um, but he, he lost that case as well. And it's, it's, his release date's about 2029 or something like and that. And he's been and in it. since 2017. Yeah. And, and he was very much, I mean, like, I mean, the stuff he, he was like, he denied it was him on, on the kind of the surveillance tape. But like, you know, he was talking about how, you know, it's amazing how these guys survive even when you put a bullet in their head. And like he was quite, you know, he was quite open about it. And of course he was saying, look, it was me and or else I was just bragging, trying to make myself look good. And the, the video footage of it. He's is- very talkative, actually. He's a bit of a doubtful. I was uh, listening to the um, surveillance tapes they got. They recorded him and others when they were circling Gary Hanley, attempting to um, to shoot him. They never got around to it and it was a chaotic kind of a, a hit team that often slept in and it was the biggest, I think it was the longest investigation like that that the guards had ever invested in, but it paid off. They were all eventually caught, but they had bugs in their cars and he was chatting away about everything. I mean, I'm jumping, I've said this before, but I found it really sinister because they were jumping from one subject to the next. Like, I mean... It reminded me of, they were bored, right? They're sitting in a surveillance vehicle. How many times have you or I been in that situation, sitting there with a photographer and you're talking about all sorts of Mm -hmm. shite to put in the day, like, you know? And that's what it was like with them. But they were talking, they were one minute, they were jumping from giving out about the kids or what movies they were watching on the television to, um, you know, what drinks they liked. Actually, at one point, this sort of uh, group of... of, uh, Transition year students came in just as they were explaining how to drink Captain Morgan's with orange and it tasted like a Solero. And I was like, it's very inappropriate. These children listening to this, giving them ideas when actually they were also talking about murder. But um, yeah, and they'd flip from that into kind of discussing Gary Hanley and that what they were going to do with the money they got for killing him. And they were hoping to get it done by Christmas so they'd have the money for Christmas presents, which is bizarre listening to that kind of discussion. Yeah, cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Like, I mean, it is literally just another day's work for them. Um, Nonetheless, um, all the prison officers and the warders that uh, keep these guys quiet, I think, deserve a a shout-out because it's not a job I certainly think I could do. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, no, well, I I do think that the level of professionalism is Mm. light years ahead of what it was, you know, yeah, 30, 40 years ago. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I mean, the, the, it, like all government departments, you know, it has its issues. You know, the POA conference, you know, the guys are complaining about 
you know, lack of pay, complaining about the lack of communication from management when there's changes and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and there is, you know, there's more and more people ending up like the numbers inside are creeping up. It was dropping for a little while. Mm. Um, you know, there's some, some good ideas have come in uh, like over the years. Like I know there's, there's, um, these scanners now, uh, that are stopping pieces of paper, photographs that have been infused with drugs. And that was very successful. Um, you know, you know, they've, they've had a number of successes in some prisons of getting, um, of keeping drugs out. Um, or certainly curtailing it, but in other places, not so much. Partly, I suppose, on the basis of their location. Mm. I mean, if you, if you're, if unfortunately if there's a public street right outside your prison, it's a bit easier for someone to use a catapult or a drone yeah. or whatever. I mean, we've seen them deal with the, those uh, a, a group that were doing drone drops into prisons. So they seem to have that's been taken into hand at this stage. There's people facing charges apparently on that. Um, so, but the, there always there'll be another way. I mean, mm. we've heard horrific stories of of you know vulnerable prisoners who've been allowed out in TR for a funeral, and they're pretty much forced to carry in their bodily offices hundreds or you know amount of mm. pills back in that will then be distributed. I mean, the price of drugs is three times inside what it is out in the street. So it's a ready-made market for for drug dealers, and it's something that's fought over. Yeah, and that's you know the cause of a lot of problem. Anything that's a currency within the jail, mm. I mean, it's a potential for an issue between prisoners and. They have so many people that they need to keep apart, and and you know in terms of, in terms of gangsters, people who are aligned to somebody else and not aligned to them, and then as as we know, as we've often talked about it here, you know none of these gangs have strict membership rules. People float between different gangs. Mm. It's like you know you have a, a small core and different people that work as kind of subcontractors. Then that float in and out. So you have all this going on. Then on top of that. The vast majority of prisoners aren't involved in gangs. You know, they're people who've you know who've got addiction issues, or you know they've made a couple of bad decisions. They're not nest- they're not hardened criminals, and they can be scared and, themselves in and, the environment. And are extremely vulnerable yeah. and are there to be exploited by hardened criminals. So you've all this to balance, mm-hmm. as well as you know you have your some of these sex offenders and non-sex offenders who are extremely manipulative people mm-hmm. who can't help themselves but try and you know force you know younger or or dimmer or whatever it is more vulnerable prisoners to, to you know to do stuff for them yeah it certainly takes a certain personality i'm sure to juggle all that and uh to uh it sounds even worse than the sunday world <laughs> i have to hope to say it's that i'm not going to be cancelled for pointing out that a padded cell looked comfy we'll organize something for that you i'm sure they will i'm sure media house i'm sure the people in belgium will they have something there'll be a little no. a little mattress pod created for you <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eamon, thank you. You're welcome, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.